This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Joining us now to talk about that and some other things, because I don't want this to all be sad, but I really would like it to be more of a celebration of Terry Holland anyway. Another great gentleman, uh, David Teal, Richmond Times-Dispatch. How are you, sir? I'm well, Adam. It is a, um, it's kind of a poignant day. Uh, Terry meant a lot to an awful lot of folks, and I've known him for decades, and uh, just sad. Yeah, oh, in, profoundly sad. Um, and I, I mean, I couldn't, I mean, I've met him obviously several times and we spoke to him relatively often when he was the AD at East Carolina since, you know, we share a, uh, we share a market. We're actually being heard right now uh, on 94-3, the game in Greenville. So um, there's a lot of Pirates fans out there. Oh, did I say 94? I don't think there is 94. Uh, maybe there is. Yeah, there is. Um, so, it's it, it hits closer to home here for a lot of people. Um sure. and he really was just an incredible gentleman. He was just there was there was a there was a class about him, and I'm not saying other guys aren't classy, but there was a class about him that it, it just kind of it kind of exuded from him. It it really did, Adam. Tony Bennett said this afternoon that there was just this peaceful feeling whenever you were around Coach Holland. And I, I think his players felt that warmth. Jeff Lamp has remarked that the minute he walked into the Holland home on his recruiting visit and saw Terry and Ann and, and their two daughters, he just felt like that was the place he needed to be. He said he had seen some... Uh, unseemly sides of recruiting uh, com- coming out of Kentucky like he did one of the most <clears throat> touted prospects yeah. in America but he just he fell for the Hollands and that homespun uh, family atmosphere I remember when David Teal from the Richmond Times Dispatch is joining us here on the Adam Goldshow I remember when uh, he was the AD at East Carolina for a while and ECU had gone through a bunch of years. They weren't really all that good in football. Their football had fallen off. And their non-conference schedule had gone the other way, where they were scheduling three or sometimes four very losable games against major conference teams in the non-conference. And I asked him about it. He goes, well, we're scheduling our bowl games. Um, And there was just – that made a lot of sense, right? Like we're uh, we're 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 struggling to get back to where we are, where we want to be. So in the interim, we're going to give fans something exciting to have. And they, it wasn't like they were always on the road. The all these teams came out there, whether it was South Carolina or Virginia Tech or West Virginia or you know State and Carolina, they all had to go there too. So that so it was just he made a lot of sense as an AD. I don't know if it helped them win, uh, but I'm sure it was really good. At the box office, who's the best Virginia basketball coach of all time? As we dumb this up before I ask you about uh, actual basketball matters. Well, Tony Bennett hung a national championship, <laughs> right? Banner. So I, I, I think you have you'd be hard pressed to put anyone above Tony. But I'll tell you this, Adam: if Terry Holland had not come before him, Tony Bennett wouldn't have looked twice at the Virginia job. 
That makes a lot Terry of sense. Holland, Ter- Terry Holland showed what was possible at Virginia. Who knew, like, in football, the cradle of coaches, Miami of Ohio, where Bo Schembechler and Woody Hayes uh, both coached. And I think, didn't Lou Holtz also coach there? Um, Davidson gave us not only Terry Holland, gave us Lefty Drizel, and it mm-hmm. also gave us Bob McKillop, who didn't leave <laughs> leave Davidson. Uh, but, I mean, what a what a lineage the basketball coaching position was at that place. And then look at Terry's subsequent coaching tree. Dave Odom, Jim Laranaga, who told me today that everything he is and everything he has accomplished as a head coach is a direct result of Terry and the lessons he learned under him as a UVA assistant. Jeff Jones, Mm -hmm. Rick Carlisle played for Terry at Virginia. And then, of course, coached the Dallas Mavericks Mm -hmm. to a world championship. Yeah, it's a very good, very good point about uh, the coaches. So it brings me to this about Jim Laranega and Miami. Are sure. they, are they, and Virginia, essentially polar opposites? Like Miami is a dynamite offensive team and not so great defensively. Virginia is very efficient offensively, although not as uh, as efficient as they've been in the past. But obviously, a great defensive team. Are they the are they the opposites? And which would you take right now in a steel cage match? Right now, I take Miami. Saturday's second half collapse against Florida State, notwithstanding. You know, Adam, in their first 24 games, Virginia shot under 40% twice. Cavaliers have been under 40% three consecutive games now. And it's, you know, it's gotten, it's gotten to be a mental block. And I lost count of how many shots at the rim UVA missed mm-hmm. at the Smith Center. Yeah, that's a, it was also against the team that had no re, no real option. Like, North Carolina had to have that. And I yep. think Virginia probably was uh, in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, and I'm not even going to make a recent Alabama men's basketball joke uh, about that. David Teal, Richmond Times-Dispatch, at by David Teal on Twitter. So let me ask you this. Florida State obviously got got a good win, and I still can't figure out why the, their program has been so bad this year. Their team has been so bad this year. I have so much respect for Leonard Hamilton and the job he has done, and part of me thinks that they're going to be a difficult team to beat uh, in spite of their record. Um, but their AD was in front of the Board of Trustees last week, and the stories that came out of that meeting are baffling to me in it in their their incomplete nature they're having a Q&A and the AD basically just lets hang out there in the ether that yeah the buyout's 120 million we can't allow us to fall behind 30 million dollars a year theoretically to the University of Florida is probably who they're talking about um, in terms of how much money we take in and then they talk about, you know, what what is the buyout so we could break even in four years? Like, do they know what the grant of rights is? What's going on there? It's, it's baffling, Adam, on several levels. Number one, you're talking about an AD and Mike Alford, who back in January went to that same board and spoke about how Florida State 
not Wake Forest, not Duke, Florida State ranked near the bottom of the ACC, of the ACC in football investment. That's a you problem. Right. That's an FSU problem. That's not the ACC's fault. It's not the ACC's fault that Florida State swung and missed badly on Willie Taggart. It's not the ACC's fault that Jimbo Fisher turned out to, in the long run, to be a fraud. And it's not the ACC's fault that Florida State has not invested its money wisely in its football program. And now all of a sudden, several weeks later, he's complaining about the same ACC revenue that Clemson receives and that Clemson has somehow, oh, won two national championships and six college football playoff appearances. Adam Gold here with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Are most of your clients hands-on or they just give you their money and let it work for them? About 90% give the money and then we meet every year and go through status reports, sure. have a financial pit stop, making sure everything's fine. It is like a puzzle, Adam, but for the next 10 of you, we'll solve your own retirement puzzle at no cost or obligation. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Um, you know, my message to Mr. Alford would be, how about you figure out how to beat Wake Forest in football before you start <laughs> whining about ACC revenue? Oh, you just went scoreboard on Florida State. I think that's hysterical. David Teal, Richmond Times Dispatch is here on the Adam Gold Show. So it it, it brings me to this because they're, I mean, I understand what he's what he's ultimately getting at, though, and they want to compete with Florida, and there's all sure. all all sorts of uh, things that you can do with thirty million additional dollars uh, per year. Although uh, I do think that we should be able to make do at whatever the ACC's number is going to settle in at. Let's just say forty million, give or take, over time. Uh, we should be able to do well with that, but there's still. You would like to bridge the gap at least a little bit. You're not going to close it completely because the numbers for the SEC and the Big Ten are mammoth. But is there something that can happen between the ACC and the Pac-12? Who I don't know what the life support, the lifespan is on that. Uh, is there something that can happen between these two leagues that might put both in a better position? Adam, I think everything hinges on what the Pac-12 does with its new media deal and what the Pac-12 does in terms of replacing USC and UCLA. Those moves have to happen first, and then I think the calculations might begin to see if there's something that in tandem the conferences might be able to do to gin up some, some media revenue. I just don't know how you replace Southern Cal and UCLA if you're the Pac-12. There's, I mean, there's no, I, I oh. just, I just don't see that. There's no, unless you add Notre Dame, which I mean, we all understand, it, you know, has its own challenges because uh, they're part of the ACC and they're part of that grant of rights too. Um, mm -hmm. I just don't see how the Pac-12 replaces those two schools. No, I mean they'll replace them, but they, they won't replace their brain. No, San Diego, San Diego State, SMU, whatever they end up doing, it's going to pale in, in comparison. 
And, you know, this, this notion of $120 million to leave the ACC, that's the exit Right. I mean, when you, when you talk about trying to leave the ACC right now in the grant of rights, we're talking, Adam, in excess of or almost a billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 oh, breaking news, neither the SEC nor the Big Ten need Florida State. And as valuable as FSU's football brand is, I don't believe for a minute that it's worth enough money annually to make either the Big Ten or the SEC whole by right. by inviting them. It just the math would not work. Well, especially if they're not going to invest in their own football program. You know what would be best for Florida State to win this league. That would be the yeah. best thing that Florida State could do: win this league, and then they could go back. I mean, look if they had. If their program was where it was in the Bobby Bowden era, which still one of the great runs that we have seen in modern college football history, if their program was in that level, uh, they probably wouldn't be complaining as much. They probably would still be complaining, but um, that was was a very naive conversation between Mike Alford and the board of trustees. And it was also incredibly incomplete. I, I, I messaged the writer on the story and just said, did anybody talk about grant of rights? Like, no. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's a that's a big miss right there, uh, <laughs> because it is. I mean, I haven't done the math, but if the SEC is going to pay out eighty million dollars per school, and Florida State thought they could go there and get eighty million dollars uh, a year, it's about a dozen years of eighty million dollars, and the ACC would make out big time if Florida State did that. That, that that's that's. That's the way to get Clemson paid. Yeah. No, and, and Adam, your point about Florida State winning the ACC is spot on. If you win the ACC in football starting in 2024, you will not only make the college football playoff, you will get a, in all likelihood, you will get a first-round bye and be playing in the quarterfinals. At home, maybe, eventually. Yeah, well, right now you'd be playing in a bowl. But. Right. But eventually I think we'll have quarterfinal games on home fields. They, I think I think they're smart enough to recognize that home fields matter so much to college football. I think they're, I think we'll ultimately we'll be there. Maybe we'll always have the semis in um in neutral sites, but I think we're going ultimately we'll have the quarters on home fields. David Teal, at by David Teal on Twitter. You're the man. I appreciate your time. I'll see you uh, a week from tomorrow in Greensboro. Absolutely. Thank you, Adam. Take care. David Teal. So the reason I chose William Peace was because of their stellar game design program. It's very rare to find a game design program in the United States at all, let alone North Carolina. And this place seemed like the right place for me for where I wanted to go and the connections I could make uh, within the program. Turn your hobby into a career in one of the highest paid professions in the country with William Peace University's Simulation and Game Design Program. Master design, 3D modeling, and programming in a state-of-the-art space with the latest and most remarkable technologies available. Find out more at peace.edu.